You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back to a very special championship edition of Letterman Live. As you can see, we are not at Roosters. We are on location in South Florida, down by Dania Beach, getting ready for the title game Monday night, Ohio State and Alabama. That's Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward, and this guy has played in a national championship game in the college football playoff. He knows what it takes to win. Cardale Jones. All right, so it's it's game day. We're gonna post this around noon. What's going through the quarterback's head as he's getting ready for that title game? I think at this point is kind of visualizing success. I'm having an opportunity to get off his feet a little bit, relax, kind of, um, decompress and understand what it's going to take tomorrow night, go through the game plan one last time uh, today, and uh, just get ready and, and leave it all on the line tomorrow. Every, everyone talks about Cardale Jones, the three-game stretch to Wisconsin, Alabama, Oregon, right? I want to know what was going through your mind the day of the Michigan game. Because I think, you know, because you are not expecting to play that day. The other right. three, you knew you were going to play, right? So the right. mindset might be a little different. Um, I, no, I don't think so, because I always prepare like a starter. I had a scare younger, earlier in my career when I was a younger player, where Braxton went out and uh, Kenny was playing. And Kenny, I think his helmet or equipment issue, long story short, it had to end up being a TV timeout. And I know I would have won in the game and just handing the ball off to Carlos Hyde. But just a simple fact, I know that it was a sweet spot in the season, probably like the six or seven game, where I was like, I know I'm never going to play. I can just put this thing on autopilot. So I wasn't in tune to the game plans. I wasn't in tune to meetings. And when Kenny had that equipment issue, I knew I had to go in there. Well, potentially had to go in there and I just froze up. So ever since then, that feeling that I could have potentially let my team down, I probably would have freaking fumbled the snap. I don't know. You know, um, I always prepare like a starter. And that was something that was preaching in our quarterback room as well, because you never know what will happen. And injuries is part of it. I think that'll be what's, what's maybe interesting to watch uh, against Alabama, Berm, is that, you know, we know that Justin Fields is pretty close to full strength. He's dealing with a hip pointer. It's not a rib thing. So maybe he won't be able to run quite as well as he would. I don't know if Cardale's had a hip pointer or not. Can tell us what that's really like to deal with. It's like, it's a it's a kind of a, a deep internal kind of pain and issue type of thing. Um, it really gets to you when you open up. Okay. It's the smaller steps don't usually get you. But when you're in full stride, that's when it really kind of catch you. And usually uh, working sideline to sideline, I can get you because you open it up more. But it's not as bad as for a quarterback. I mean, it sucks than other positions because we're not as you know used to running yeah. as much. But um, it still sucks. <laughs> so if he takes a shot there, you know, maybe you take come out for a play or two. Then, then the guy who might be way more nervous than Justin Fields on Monday is C.J. Stroud. Uh, he hasn't attempted a pass yet for the Buckeyes. True freshman. You know, that's a little bit different situation than what Cardale would have been in in 2014. You know, he's come in nothing but handoffs. He's handled that fine. He's got a rushing touchdown. I think it was 43 yards against Michigan State, um, and he's had to come in. He come in, he, you know, for a play or two against Clemson last week in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's he's probably a guy who's like, boy, that preparing like a starter mentality. He's probably had to really pick that up a notch because there's no bigger stage than that. Yeah, and I think what the Buckeyes are lucky to have in a room, and for the most part, is a great quarterback coach, um, Corey Dennison, on top of Ryan Day, who played quarterback, who's front of NFL, who calling the plays, who's got the most contact with the quarterbacks 
out of any other um, position group other than a quarterback coach. He has that mentality already preparing to get started because you never know just coming from the NFL. So I'm pretty sure he got these guys with that mentality and just ready to play each and every moment. One thing I loved about playing for Coach Meyer is, you know, um, he made sure guys, not just the quarterbacks, had that mentality. We'd be going in practice and he'd scream out, hey, the center shoelace just broke and he got an equipment issue. He got to come out for a play, get his backup in, stuff like that. Yeah. And he's yelling these comments. He's yelling this in live contact in, in winner loser days when the competition is at his best at practice. Yeah. You know, so it's just keeping guys on their toes and making sure everybody's locked into the game plan. You know, there's this idea for early enrollee guys, right? They've been there normally by this time of year, you say they're sophomores, okay? Mm -hmm. But these guys have played a total of like six snaps. Yeah. So it's not like a normal set of early enrollees. Buckeyes had 14 guys early enroll last January, mm -hmm. and most of them haven't even touched the field yet. So, you know, for an opportunity for C.J. Stroud, and I, I can't help but think he's going to end up on the field at some point on Monday night. I mean, I, I just... That's just the way Justin Fields gets hurt pretty much every single game at some point. So you just wonder how that affects him. And, you know, hit pointers, what, or a 10, 10 20 day uh, recovery time generally if you stay off of it. But, Usually, yeah. you know, and I, I'm sure that Ohio State has done a good job with Justin keeping him, you know, uh, motion free in the last couple of days. Because as we talked about after Clemson, this isn't a week where Justin Fields needs to go out and practice. He's got to be watching tape. He's got this is about mental preparation for Alabama, not physical prep. So yeah. you'd think that he'd be able to at least rest up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. He, and he didn't talk about this, Cardale, but he told Maria Taylor at ESPN on Thursday that that was his first day back to practice. So from Friday to Wednesday, off the feet, like you were talking about. And he also told her that, you know, maybe a little extra padding on that hip area. Other than that, I mean, it's not like he's worried about playing. Yeah, and, no. and he probably didn't need those snaps. He's played, you know, 20-plus games at this point. Of course, and I think that would have been great, you know, smart on a coaching standpoint to kind of uh, – and, and that's just an NFL mentality. You look at what Ryan Day bringing to the Buckeyes. You look at around the league, you know, that that happens with regular quarterbacks not even being hurt, taking right. some of the reps off your body. And being in a position where your quarterback potentially won't be at 100%, yeah, let's get the other guy ready, even though we know he's mentally ready. Let's get a couple of live game reps as well. Burm, where do you think uh, Alabama is most susceptible? There's all this conversation that they are they can seal themselves as the greatest college football playoff champion era, and you know they're a dynamo and unstoppable. LSU was the greatest champion of all time <laughs> last year. Clemson was the greatest champion of all time. Three, like I mean, we do this every year. This Alabama team gave up 50 points to Ole Miss. They gave up 50 points to Florida. It's not a defense that is as good as we've seen from Alabama in the last handful of years. They are the worst team in the country against the tight end. So the Buckeyes obviously are going to need to keep that in the game plan. But also, I just don't know how, you know, you have Patrick Sertain Jr., who's great. I'm real. But you still have to cover Garrett Wilson. You still have to cover Jamison Williams. You still got to cover Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Luke Farrell and Jeremy Ruckert and Trey Sermon and Justin Fields. Like, it's not a defense that is so great across the board that they're you're not going to score points. I mean, we've talked about it a couple times. I think this is going to be like a 56-52 type final score. I think it's going to be a... A very close game, back and forth. Um, so I think you really just attack the middle of the of the field against them. You try to stay away from Sertain if you can, but you also can't be afraid of anybody. You're, you're Ohio State. You have Chris Olave. You think he's one of the best receivers in the country. If they're going to match up Sertain with them all day and they'll follow him around, let Garrett Wilson eat. I mean, I, yeah. I you know I think that there's opportunities for tons of guys uh, to make plays, but the middle of the field, their linebackers are not great in coverage, um, and you know the defensive front is not. It's 
the best Ohio State's going to see this year, but it's not like Ohio Alabama was in 2015. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think one thing that when you look at Alabama, last couple of years, they kind of took a tie known for their offensive side of the ball. Now, you know, they usually have two, three, four, five great defensive players that's potentially first, second round picks and some really good guys up front and usually a dominant running back. And But you see the trend in the last couple of years, they've been having, you know, first round receivers, one or two a year, great quarterbacks with two and uh, Mac. uh Jones going in the first round this year potentially, and a great running back and a great receiver. And the defense kind of getting overshadowed a little bit about that, but this is not the greatest front seven Ohio State. Maybe the best they played this year, yeah. but not the greatest front seven we used to seeing from Alabama. And without Sertain Jr. on the back end, not usually a strong group of uh, safeties and corners that we usually see. Yeah, they're very Alabama. young, very young back there. Yeah. They're, they're guys that are take they're kind of risk takers. You can beat them deep. Even Al, even Notre Dame had uh, you know yeah. no problem really moving the ball against them. They just don't have the explosive players to to really match up. But you know, I, I think that it's an opportunity for Ohio State to attack them in multiple ways. I, I the Buckeyes are going to run the football. Yeah. I mean that's that's what the Buckeyes do. So if you go out and you can get Trey Sermon 150 yards and and get not even Trey Sermon, if you can rush for 150 against Alabama. The Buckeyes are going to throw for 350. I wonder how Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day will will manage the tempo in this game because we saw a lot of the, you know, be more deliberate with some huddles, sugar huddles, running plays in from the sideline against Clemson, a guide against stealing signs. And in Alabama, if there's been a, a knock on Nick Saban's defenses, it's that they, you know, they're not able to keep up with teams that really push the tempo. Yeah. And then that also leads into what, you know, Berm talked about the tight ends. If you can go with 12 personnel and run your entire offense, yeah, and still and still run with tempo. Yeah, yeah, that can be pretty effective. It can, it can be, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, we always do this uh, on Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Before all the big games, when there's not one the week before, Cardell has already done this a little bit on weekend <laughs> kickoff last week. But a, a guy that you expect to be a difference maker, who you think needs to earn a Buckeye leaf uh, tomorrow night against Alabama. I think okay, that's that's a different twist <laughs> that we used to have. We said, hey, who guys need to show up? But I think a big difference maker. Will have to be Wilson because uh, I think Sertain Jr. will follow Olave around and um, you know demand a lot of Olave will demand a lot of attention even with Sertain Jr. covering him one on one lots of so Wilson needs to be that other uh, top threat which he is uh, on a more consistent basis on a one on one matchups when Olave is going to demand a lot of attention and then um, just overall I mean the Buckeyes offense will just have to you know keep the pace and uh, keep their offense off the field so it's almost at a point where. Our offense is playing a little defense, not playing intimidate, but playing some defense. Right. So, which means controlling the time of possession and scoring when in the red zone. Not turning the ball over. Not turning the ball over. Um, to me, I, I mean, Garrett Wilson was going to be my pick, but he stole it. Um, <laughs> That's why Cardell goes first. Yes, Listen, yes. obviously, we every time we do this, I say it goes without saying the quarterback number one is the player that matters the most for Ohio State. If 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 Justin Fields doesn't play a high level Justin Fields game, Ohio State is not going to win. So we can just you know that's a, a given. To me, it's Jeremy Ruckert because I think that Ruck is the tight end. Luke Farrell's great, and he does not get talked about nearly enough for how good of a player he is, but Ruckert is the guy that can stretch the field vertically. He's the guy that can really damage you uh, in the passing game, mm-hmm. and I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunity to make plays uh, against the Alabama linebacker group and their and their safeties who are not going to want the Buckeyes to get behind him. So I think there's going to be a lot of soft stuff in the back uh, of the half of the Bama defense. And I think that Bama's going to have to bring the linebackers up to try to stop Trey Sermon in the Buckeyes run game. And to me, it's Jeremy Ruckert who's going to be the guy that can really eat in the middle. I think Jonathan Cooper is going to have to have a huge game. You know, we know that uh, Ohio State's been shorthanded on the defensive line, you know, really for the last several weeks. 
Uh, we'll get Monday night uh, an indication of that, exactly who will be out there playing for them. But Jonathan Cooper, just he's he's taken his game to another level in the last couple of weeks. You know, is he uh, a Chase Young like uh, game changer? No, but he's one of the best defensive ends I've ever seen. It'd be unfair to expect that, but he is playing at a high level in all Big Ten caliber. He was getting after Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, maybe if Zach Harrison's back out there, they can share some of that load there to get after uh, Mac Jones. But um, we've seen this. Like Mac Jones gets to take as much time as he wants. He's got a great offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a great defensive line. Even if somebody might be missing or two people might be missing, we'll see exactly what that situation is. The pass rush has to make the, the quarterback uncomfortable. I think Jonathan Cooper will do that. Do you have a defensive guy? Uh, my defensive guy, I think um, – I think Sean Wade need to uh, kind of almost put up a shut up uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, well, tomorrow because yeah. um, you know, see some of the comments that he made and and, and the competitor in him is going to make them going to want to make them comments. He's all American going against all American Heisman Trophy um, winning receiver, and I think if he go out here and have a game that everyone expected him to have, a game that I know personally and everyone know that he can have against this guy, then all the wrong that we've been. <laughs> saying about him or the um, or the questions that we yeah. had about him throughout the season, what well, we forget about it because he go out there on the highest stage and, and you know perform at a high level against the best receiver in the country. Yeah, for me, I don't know exactly. We don't know exactly who's not going to be around on defense. We've all seen the internet. We know names that are out there. We're not going to dive too far in, but to me, it's whoever plays safety. I mean, if Marcus Hooker's back, fine. If it's Josh Proctor back there, fine. If it's Ronnie Hickman, fine. You can't let Devontae Smith and anyone else in that Bama, John Mitchie or, or Jalen Waddle, if he returns, you can't let them beat you. You you have to stop guys from turning a 12-yard play into a 50-yard play. And that's something the Buckeyes really struggled with early in the season. And I think that that's why who's ever back there in safety has to be playing their best game of the year. Are you saying that now I need to take an offensive guy? Yeah. Uh, I think that uh... – Jamison Williams might be an X factor here when we're talking about looking for that other target. Yeah, he stretched yeah. the field. You know, he showed what he can do to take the top off. Obviously, Garrett Wilson for so long, you're going to have to have big games. But I think Alabama is probably, you know, just knowing Nick Saban, he'll probably, you know, he wants to take away what you do best. Uh, and I think that in his mind, that would be Fields and those receivers. So it might need those tight ends, which are obvious as well. They're so important to the Buckeyes, but maybe one other guy to step up and win a one-on-one matchup. Uh, the juice man might be able to do that. Uh, 12, do you still get nervous for Buckeyes games? or? Uh, no, honestly, the only game I really um, kind of get nervous about leading up to it, I feel like I'm about to play against the team of Florida. <laughs> okay. That's it, that's it. But no, I, don't, I, I got full faith in these guys, full faith in the coaching staff. And um, these guys went through a lot this season, um, the whole college football playoffs. I mean, the whole college you know, yeah. football, um, pretty much overall, every team. And I'm, I'm glad it came down to these two teams and these two organizations and programs. A lot of a lot of tradition rich and uh, <laughs> a lot of hate between fans as I've been down here a couple of days and some of the names I've been called and Wait. things like that. I love it though. I love people, it. People are recognizing you down there on Ocean Drive, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, man. I'm loving all the hate. I'm loving it. Hey. Um, so I'm looking forward to some more bragging rights. That's all right. And we got the legend here. It's fun to see him back around that uh, Alabama fan base. The, the memories coming back from oh, what six years ago? Did I get it right? Six years ago. Six years yeah. ago. Okay. Feels like uh, yesterday, I'm sure, for Cardale. we got a lot more coming on Letterman Live. It's brought to you by Roosters. We're going to talk to Nicole Cox here in a minute and let Cardale go back and enjoy some more of his bragging rights with that (laughs) fan base ahead of Monday night's kickoff. Thanks for joining us, 12. Appreciate it. All right. I have to get out of the sun a little bit with this fair fair skin and the red hair. So I've (laughs) popped in 
to our uh, South Florida office here uh, to get Nicole Cox, our good friend from Roosters End, because she's got to give predictions and she's got to talk about how you can maybe get prepared for the title game tonight with some delicious Roosters food. Nicole, are, are you nervous for the title game? I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I am so excited. And I really, I just feel like, is there any way the guys can just do exactly what they did at the Sugar Bowl game? Just take that team, be that exact team and do that in the championship. I think then we have nothing to worry about. <laughs> I know you know you and I have talked about this. We did last week that, you know, if you could bottle that and sell it, every business would want to buy it, what Ohio State did. And, you know, that's, that's a trick for, for Ryan Day to try and duplicate that. I, you know, and I've been thinking all day before we got on this call of, I, one question I have for him is, I would love to know, how do you coach that? How do you keep that confidence, keep that trust and have them perform the exact same way for one more game, you know, and, and for how, how many weeks it'll be two weeks almost that they, you know, to keep that going. And so I'm, I'm very interested to see how he coaches that and what they'll look like tomorrow. But I, I just saw so much trust and so much. So the confidence level of all of them. And I, I just feel great about tomorrow. All right. Well, what's going to go so great? Where, where do you expect Ohio state uh, to play well, or what do you think your key is going to be tomorrow? Well, we are playing a very good team. There's no doubt in that. So I expect another great game. I mean, the Clemson game was a great game to watch. It was full of action. Um, so I feel that, and this is kind of a bummer because I feel like the defense doesn't get as much praise and as much recognition, you know, for the awards and just their performance, but they have the most pressure on them tomorrow. In my, in my opinion, I feel that they are really going to have to stay on top of Jones. They're going to have to make sure that he doesn't sit in that pocket and pick us apart. So, and we really need to contain the wide receivers. Obviously they have, you know, the Heisman trophy winner, Devontae Smith. So they've really got to make sure the defense has to make sure they are playing their position exactly how they're supposed to and be exactly where they're meant to be. Yeah, we asked, uh, you know, Cardale Jones to give his Buckeye lead. We're going to have Joe Berger on in a little bit. You know, we always do that before some of these games where they didn't play the week before. But I know that you've just been looking at this as a co collective defensive effort. And, you know, it, it almost – you don't know who's going to step up. It could be Seven Banks. It could be Jonathan Cooper the way it was. I mean, there's a lot of guys who could do it. I, I know that, you know, you've, you have some names in mind, but I know you've looked at this as more of an overall effort for the Silver Bullets. I do. And I, I promise not to do that every game, you know, because it it's, but I do feel when you're playing a team at this caliber, I, the, my Buckeye Leaf goes to the entire team because in these type of games, you need every single player to show up. It's not just one. When you're playing teams that aren't as good, yes, you, you know, you'll have some players shine, but it's really, it's a collaborative effort effort on all of their parts and so I want to make sure they all have that recognition I mean Baron Browning you know Haskell Garrett all of them I mean they all deserve you know the Buckeye Leaf so yes I am going to give it to the entire defensive line but but that's just for the do it every week and you can't do it all. it's fine yeah I promise not to do it every week I've chosen individuals before but I really I think that was the most fascinating thing about last the Sugar Bowl was just watching um the team come together and trust one another. It was just huge, and that's why we won. Okay, the, uh, our, our Letterman Lounge that we didn't get to use today is waiting there back in Columbus. Uh, the Tidal Wave, uh, Sammy Silverman poster, I believe 
Is oh that- my gosh. It's that is my favorite one thus far. I mean, every week, I don't know how he does it. He's just phenomenal. It's so good. So that's available to pick up. And as you said last week, try and get those orders in. Don't, you don't want the kitchen to be overwhelmed at eight. Right. Pick off. Uh, yes. So it's wing night. We unfortunately don't have the early bird special, but it is wing night. So, um, wings, you know, still order your wings. It's going to be great. So. (laughs) All right. It's your time. You got it. I know you do. I'm going to say 35, 27. And it's very similar to my sugar bowl pick, but I'm telling you, my gut is just telling me 35, 27. It's going to be around there or maybe exactly that score, but Buckeyes for sure. Well, we've seen you get it pretty close almost on the <laughs> this year. Might as well cap this incredible year with one more win and another great score prediction from Nicole Cox. Anything else we missing, or are we just going to go back and get ready for the title game? Oh, just back and get ready for the title game, Austin. Thank you so much for having me, and this is just such an exciting time. So we want everyone to enjoy, and the game's late tomorrow, so obviously people can order carryouts from us before the game starts, or a later kickoff, I should say, for a Monday night work week. <laughs> but, yeah, so thanks for having me. All right, that's our good friend Nicole Cox from Roosters. Always appreciate her insight and the latest going on to make sure you're ready for kickoff at Roosters. Uh, thanks, Nicole. We'll be right back with more Letterman Live brought to you by Roosters. All right, welcome back to the final segment of Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. We have changed scenes and sets again at Funky Buddha so that we can find uh, another Ohio State great former captain, Joe Berger, as we bring this uh, show to a close and preview the title game. Joe, how are you feeling? No, I'm feeling great. I mean, it's a beautiful day in South Florida. We're hanging out. Uh, we were talking about, like, where should we go? And it's like, well, let's go to Funky Brewery on a Sunday afternoon and grab a beer in the sun. So, uh, it's not, it's not roosters, but it's a fun casual joint. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. it's, it seems fun. Yeah. Um, Joe, uh, this this game, you know what it's like to play in these high stakes college football playoff games, championship games, elimination games. You know, it's Monday afternoon. What's going through a player's head as you're going through final preps to you know go play linebacker? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that's going through your head. Like you said, it's it, you try to stick to the same routine in these types of games, and I know Coach might repeat you know preach that over and over again, but you can't ignore that this is a national title game. You walk on the bus, it has a different feeling to it. So the biggest thing then that we really try to put a ton of focus on is how do we stick to our fundamentals? We do what we do. You have to believe that we are good enough to win the game by playing Ohio State football. And I think we are good enough to win if we play Ohio State football. That means we have to do what we do, play fundamentals, play hard, and you just you just got to go out there and have fun. You can't be out there and be too uptight. Um, so I think that's what we're looking for in the first couple of possessions. Burn, that seemed kind of like what Ryan Day was talking about on Sunday. Just, you know, you can't treat it like every other game, but you also have to treat it like every other game. It's a, well, it's a, it's a paradox. The Buckeyes mm-hmm. have nothing to lose. I mean, no. the national media doesn't belong or doesn't believe that they belong in this game anyway. They think that there's no chance they can win. Um, they think that they're invalid, you know, because they've only played seven games to this point. And none of that stuff really matters. You're here now. You have an opportunity to go out and play against the best of the best in college football. And to cement this season as, you know, there's no asterisk. This isn't going to be an asterisk on this championship for whoever wins it. Um, it's a national championship game. Anytime you're playing for something like a ring or a trophy, it means more. And the Buckeyes, you can tell. I mean, we've talked about it all week. They're just, they seem very focused on not letting the, the size of this moment escape them. And um, in a year when you could have found a million different reasons to walk away or say, you know what, I'm done with this. This isn't important. We could focus on other things. 
they've always found a way to doubt in, and I know above all else that the Buckeyes are going to be prepared to play the football. Joe, what will what will a captain say in a pregame speech before a game like this? I will say, you know, I left that up to more JT Barrett. <laughs> Well, I know Just kind of, there's a hierarchy yeah. there. Um, Excuse me, JT. You know, please sit down. JT. Uh, I got this one, buddy. But no, I think um, the thing is, is like, and I think I'm going to steal this quote from, I think it was Mike Vrabel said it last year. You know, when they went out and played the Patriots, you go, you're going to walk out there and you're going to see six Super Bowl champions, uh, you know, records out there. When you play Alabama, it's hard not to think about 2008 to 2020 Alabama. I mean, you're playing Nick Saban like, Nick Saban, I mean, that's like the guy in college football, you know? And so I think the big thing is, is you can't let Alabama beat you just because of name. You know, it's a nameless, faceless opponent. You got to treat it just like you're playing Clemson, just like you're playing the team up north, Michigan State. That shouldn't affect what you do. And I think that's the big thing is mentally, we play, we have a brand of ball that we play, and we have to stick to that no matter what that other team's name is, even though that we finally play a Thank team you. that matches up to us talent-wise, you know? So um, you can't let Alabama be beat us before the ball is kicked. Is there, is there an element of the, the fact that Ohio State beat them in 2014, even though all the players are different? Like, I mean, Justin Hurd was still on that team, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there has to be, right? I mean, the Buckeyes know that they belong in this game. They, you know, no matter what everyone else is saying, they know they belong here, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're at Ohio State. What I'm wondering is if, as a player, when you were in this situation, like, how hard is it to prepare yourself when you play a, a Big Ten season, which isn't always full of the best right. opponents you're going to play. How do you mentally change? How do you flip the switch when you get to these sort of games? Like, is there a lead up time to it or is it automatic? Is it like, hey, this is why we're here? Because the mission changes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, um, and you guys were at the Sugar Bowl back when we played Alabama. Like, I remember going on the escalator when we played them and like the environment. I was just like, like, I just got chills right now. You think about that, and it's like, all right, this is different. And that's the hard thing that I think is going to be really interesting. You guys will be there tomorrow night. What's that atmosphere look like? And Clemson, we brought the atmosphere there. Like, you could tell the moment we got the ball, was like, all right, like, we're going. Like, Ryan Day brought it. His team was ready to roll. And that's what I'm like. I'm really curious. I don't have a great answer yeah. for you because it's usually like, there's such a different atmosphere at a playoff game than there is even at the rivalry game that it's it naturally you raises that level of awareness but i don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow night so it has to be that same attitude where you're out to prove something in the same way that we did versus clemson it has to be that exact same attitude tomorrow night it was interesting to be in new orleans for that game last week because it was the most like a, a football environment that we've been in all year right yeah the big ten didn't have any fans and, you know you had games where you know 1500 friends and family from both sides early on the year and even that was taken away towards the end and you know, that was just, you know, it doesn't feel the same. Ohio State's used to playing in front of 105,000 people and playing in big games. You know, so Ohio State comes in, in Sugar Bowl. You'd think it'd be a place to be bursting at the seams. So tomorrow night, this will still be the, the biggest crowd Ohio State's played in front of all year. So maybe there'll be some juice from that. I imagine that a bunch of uh, Ohio State fans snapped up as much many tickets as they could on the secondary market because they didn't have to buy any tickets all year. Yeah. They yeah. had an opportunity to go play to see a game. Competitors are, are wired differently. You know, athletes are different. I remember watching in 2014 or 2015, I guess it was technically 2014, yeah, that's right. when the Sugar Bowl Media Day happened and Alabama and Ohio State were meeting in the Superdome for, for Media Day. And I remember when Alabama walked in, I saw this was not when Mick Marotti's fingerprints were all over every guy on the Buckeye roster yet, okay? That team was still 
physically not as good as the teams are now. They're not as big and strong. Mm -hmm. When Bama walked in, I was like, oh, wow, this is a bunch of men. Like, And then the Buckeyes obviously won that game. And two weeks later in Dallas, when Oregon walked in, I was like, boy, <laughs> Oregon is not. <laughs> yeah. They are going to get run out of this building. And I'm telling you, there was a feeling, and I said this to someone uh, in the Sugar Bowl last week, watching Clemson in warm-ups, I was like, I don't think that Clemson can play with Ohio State. Because they just simply didn't have the physical ability to do so. I mean, Clemson's starting to become a much better recruiting program, and they're going to get there in two, three years where every guy, one through 85, is that type. But we talk about it, and Ryan Day talks about it, when talent equates. And tomorrow night, I'm sorry, Monday night, is the only time, really, when talent is going to equate with Ohio State. This, these are the two most talented teams in the country, without question. I think, Joe, it's probably because you look at the Ohio State offensive line, their defensive line, they were so much better. So much better. And like, that's, you know, Pascal Garrett was asked about this earlier in the week. He said, I 100% believe that you win games in the trenches. It's not a controversial thing to say, but look at, look at Ohio State and Alabama. They're here because they have the two best offensive lines, the two best defensive lines in the country. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, going back to 2014, we play Bama, it's like, you talk about Alabama, yeah. just grown men. I they mean, were just huge. I mean, like, talk about offline after the game. He's like, your body hurts so bad. You played Oregon. I blocked one of their defensive ends on punt return for like four seconds. And I'm like, if I'm doing this, like, what's Taylor Decker doing? You know what I mean? It's like, like it was like laughable. Like yeah. you said, like, watching Oregon, it's a different world. When they walked into oh the Dallas gosh. Convention Center, I thought, okay, they're going to get their doors blown off by this Ohio State team. Yeah. And but great. It, it's. <laughs> It's just funny how you see it. And I, I think that that's what motivates Ohio State on Monday night because they're going to see for the first time, not just this year, but for the first time in a couple of years, a team that physically might be better than them. And yep. that's sometimes I think it's actually a good thing to have to play the underdog and actually be the underdog. They were not the actual underdog against Clemson. And anyone who watched last year's we're game more talented. knew no. that Ohio State was a better team. This is different. I agree. And I think one of the, when we talk about the line of scrimmage, I think one of the things that's underrated is I think his name is Landon Dickerson, the center for Alabama. He just won the Remington Award. He's out, and they they didn't get tested against Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame didn't have an elite defense tackle. Ohio State has guys. They're going to play on Sundays that are going to challenge Alabama's offensive line. And, and for my money, I don't watch every game of the SEC. There's some there's some good. Georgia's got some good players. Number thirteen tore up Cincinnati, but. I don't think there's a team that's as consistent and as deep as we are in the defensive line. And so it's like Alabama's got to match up four across with us. And then the same way for us, our offense line really answered the bell, talking about November and December and our, the way our rushing attack has just picked up. But we've never played somebody that has four good players. And we've played a guy that has one or two. And so that's where I'm excited to see, like, hey, talk about Coach Mick. What are we made of? This is a game where Coach Mick – all the salary he's worth, we'll find out how, you know if he's worth it. I mean, that's yeah. this is the big. This is where you find out like where you stack up against the best of the best. So earlier in the show, Joe, we, we gave some picks of guys we think that have to really stand out for Ohio State uh, Monday night in this game. For you, who's the difference maker? Who who do you really want to see make a difference in this game? Okay, um, I think for me, if from watching Alabama, I think Mac Jones is elite. He gets the ball out always on time. He never takes sacks. I think if we're going to really disrupt, it's got to come from the de defense tackle and defensive end position. You know, Jonathan Cooper wears the block out. He has to have a good game. Um, 
I'm trying to think who are our defense tackles. I, I, their nameless faces to me. Garrett. You know, Haskell Garrett will be out there. He'll yeah. Through all the prep. We'll wait and see the availability report for some other guys, but Haskell Garrett will play at elite level. And that's the guy for me. It's when you talk about guys, because whereas Trevor Lawrence is a freak athlete, you saw him outrun Baron Browning, which was surprising to me. Right. But. You look at Mac Jones is not going to outrun anybody. You have to, in the NFL, like Tom Brady, like where's his biggest weakness? When you get that pressure at the guard position, when you close that pocket, he can't step up into it. So those are the guys I'm looking for. I know that if we give them three or four seconds, let's just face reality, we can't guard them. Yeah. Nobody has, nobody will, especially if Jalen Waddle's back. So for me, we got to get that at two seconds, Mac Jones has to feel like, hey, I got to get, get rid of the ball. I can't get Devontae Smith that extra second. I think those are the guys that if they show up, I think we got a chance. I feel so good when a former Buckeye captain picks the same guy as me. <laughs> just stand up, Jonathan Cooper. I mean, not planned. This is what he came back for. Yeah. To show what he could do in a big high stakes game. He didn't have the opportunity against Clemson, and it's been overshadowed for him. You talked about that. He's been around Chase Young, he's been around Taekwon Lewis, and Jalen Holmes, and Sam Hubbard, and he's never been a couple guys guy. named Bosa. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good players. He's, he's the guy. Like, mm -hmm. He has to really play well. Get Zach Harrison back. Obviously, that's a, a, a boost as well. But yeah, that's it's on him. That's why he's wearing the block. Up. Yeah. I'm going to make one prediction. I think their tackle who gets a lot of credit, I think it's Leatherwood. Leatherwood, yeah. Big, strong, physical guy. I think he's dominant in the run game. I don't think that he's exceptional in pass blocking. And I think that Jonathan Cooper can win that matchup. And that's the guy that – that's where I think that – would have an advantage and and I could be wrong but I think if we get that we win those battles and I read about this morning Jonathan Cooper's got like a 21 or 22 percent pass rush win rate if he's going to win one out of every five against him and get the Mac Jones yeah that's I, what we're looking for I agree but look at the size difference of those guys the the center of gravity changes Leatherwood is great in it when it comes to uh, drive blocking in the run game but the bend that you have to get to get down to a six foot three six foot four defensive end when you're that size is, is different and Coop's first step is great I agree. Um, and so I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, my bold prediction for our website was that he was going to record a touchdown, that Cooper was going to score a touchdown. I love uh, it. Steve cool. Miller. Steve <laughs> Miller. Bring it back. I, I did. There I you did go. Bring up Steve Miller's name. I think <laughs> that that's where the game gets won. If somebody steps up and makes a play. And if the storybook ending for this storybook season or nightmare season, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, is going to be written, why not Jonathan Cooper after everything he's been through and the decision to come back and wearing that block O and um, you know, if, if there's a guy who I'm personally rooting for to see him hold the, the trophy at the end of that game, it's Jonathan Cooper. And to see him, uh, he won't let it go, I'm sure. He probably no. won't give it to <laughs> anyone else. But uh, I'm definitely, there's a lot of just hoping for guys like him. And the way he played against Clemson, if he can mirror that performance with Alabama, not only is he cementing a legacy in Ohio State history, but he's also making himself a lot of money. Absolutely. Even if we're not in Roosters, we still have to close out every Letterman Live with our predictions. Nicole gave hers earlier on the show. Firm, you have to go before Joe here. You have to go on the spot. <laughs> yeah. He picked Clemson last week. Oh, man, you're killing me. 56. Wow. 52. He's, to, he's not going to say he's going to win. 56-52. Ohio State. And that's... I just don't think either team is going to be able to stop the offenses on, on Monday night. And I think that the Buckeyes are going to be able to just have a big play to win. The, I don't know if it's going to come late. I don't know exactly where it's coming from. I just feel like there's a big play waiting to happen in a huge moment, whether it's Justin Fields 
atoning entirely for the the throw against Clemson last year, the you know to the wrong spot or whatever. Yeah. I just feel like everything they've been through this year, it had to have been for something. And I, I'm I'm just gonna 56, 52 bucks. We're gonna be uh, in Miami Gardens all night with 108 points scored. <laughs> Joe, what do you got? Oh boy. Um, all right, I'm gonna go. Same thing. It's going to be high scoring. Um, I'm, I'm curious, side note, I'm curious to see what pace Ryan Day goes with on offense. Do we want to shorten that game? Or, you know, does he change it up like he did versus Clemson? So I'm actually really interested to see what he does there. I think 49-45 Ohio State. Two predictions. I think we step in front of one. Um, you get a extra time to prepare. I think if we can put one small wrinkle in, maybe seven banks, he's been really playing well lately. Um, I think he could step in front of one. And I also think that Patrick Sertain is overrated. I don't think he's the best quarterback in America by any long shot. And I think Olave gets one or two on him. I like it. Cool. I've already said it several times, but I've got Ohio State 42-35 just to bring us all full circle back to 2014-2015. Uh, thanks again for joining us. You know, it's been a little bit different than our normal Letterman Live. And uh, that's Rooster's letting us go on the road and, and continue to uh, talk about the Buckeyes. We appreciate them as always. And Cardale Jones, Nicole Cox, Joe Berger, of course, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We thank uh, everybody for being a part of this season. Tonight is the big one, 8 o'clock, Ohio State, Alabama. Stay with us for full coverage of the Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com.